pause to consider. The podcast where you put your busy day on pause to consider spiritual encouragement and wisdom on your walk towards God's kingdom. Thanks for joining me. I'm Sam Taylor, here to get you thinking about the Word of God. Imagine you're a ruler engaging in diplomatic relations with a nearby ruler. You're each standing on opposite ends of a drawbridge, with you in the gates of your castle, and there standing where the bridge meets the ground. Now let's say they said something that you interpreted as a threat. As a ruler in the gates of your castle, what would you do? If I had to guess, the first thing you'd do is raise the drawbridge right away to prevent them from getting any closer. After that, I imagine you'd likely retreat into the inner walls of the castle and muster your troops to defend it at all costs. Your swordsmen would line up in formation at the gates and your archers would take position along the wall and in the towers. And while you've protected yourself from potential harm, well, that cost you both the opportunity to pursue peace. And that might seem like a fanciful scenario, but it's rooted in common problems that happen today. This is what people do subconsciously to protect themselves from ideas that directly challenge how they perceive themselves and the world around them. Solomon made this very observation in Proverbs 18, verse 19, where it says, A brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city, and quarreling is like the bars of a castle. I want to be upfront with you about why I had you imagine that scenario. I messed up. I messed up in a way that makes me feel really foolish. I got into a heated debate on a divisive subject on social media. I thought I had objective truth on my side. I thought that by presenting enough supporting evidence, I could convince them to walk back their inflammatory remarks. What I failed to remember was that attacking views closely tied to a person's identity can trigger the fight-or-flight instinct. In normal conversation, a person is generally open to dialogue, and they can process new ideas, even if they disagree. But when ideas that directly challenge identity trigger this response, well, information bypasses the rational brain and is instead rerouted to the instinctive portions of the brain that ensure self-preservation. And as I reflected on this proverb, after that argument I got into, I found more rebuke for my behavior in verse 2 of that same chapter, Proverbs 18, which says, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. I thought I was sharing wisdom. I thought I was defending the gospel. In reality, I was just a fool that only cared about my thoughts being heard and proving myself right. And I failed to consider this person was also a member of God's family. This was a person who also derived their core values from the Bible, just like I did. But all I saw in the heat of the moment was the outcome of their words, my frustration, and my pain. I had no interest in learning about the intent 
So I treated them as a false teacher to be reprimanded instead of a fellow disciple that I could appeal to. Judgment won over mercy in my heart that day. But thanks be to God that his mercies are new every morning, even when mercy hasn't yet conquered in my heart and in my mind. I can't undo my mistakes, and I certainly can't control what frustrates me in the future. But I can control how I react when that happens, which means I needed to know. What does the Bible say about how Jesus' disciples are to handle controversy? Paul had some wisdom to offer a young man named Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 15-18. through 18. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed rightly handling the word of truth. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Does that sound familiar to you? It's pretty much a normal day on Facebook now, right? But that phrase, irreverent babble, comes from a single Greek word which means empty discussion. And that phrase can help us focus on our true priorities as disciples of Jesus. Because we've been born into a world where people value certain things and behave certain ways, we tend to believe that whatever is important and divisive now will always be that way. But that just isn't the case. But that just isn't the case. As Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 17 through 18, for this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. The controversies, dramatic Facebook posts of this world, they're like mist dissipating at sunrise in comparison to the permanent things of the kingdom which we don't see yet. But this doesn't mean we get to become apathetic to today's challenges, especially if they impact how we serve God and how we care for our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's crucial to recognize that if we want to be citizens of God's kingdom when it's established, we need to allow God to rule in our hearts and minds today. But how do we allow that mentality to reign in us today? Paul further encouraged Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 verses 22 through 26 when he wrote him this, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness." God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. It's easy to hear or read someone say something ignorant and or hateful and go to an attack mode against that argument. But that will nearly always lead to the same predictable scenario. The person you're attacking will raise their drawbridge, defend their position more passionately, 
and the conversation will devolve into a polarizing popularity contest with no chance at changing anyone's hearts or minds. That causes issues to spread like gangrene, which consumes the body. So what's the biblical solution? The biblical solution is not to attack the idea, but to gently and patiently appeal to the person. Flawed ideas can't be saved, but flawed people, well, that's all there are, flawed people. They can be saved all the time. If we want to avoid that tired scenario that seems to always show up on social media, we need to stop challenging people in a way that triggers that fight-or-flight instinct. Don't try to prove your point right or their point wrong, but seek to prove God right with a good example. You can start with one simple step. Slow down when you read something controversial. In James chapter 1, 19 verse 20, he says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Get your hands off your device, put them together in prayer. I promise that post will still be there afterwards. But once you submit to God's will, you'll be open to learning what God has to teach you in that moment. And if you're open to learning, you'll ask questions in an effort to understand instead of firing off accusations that lead to nowhere but a closed drawbridge and a closed heart. So please, learn from my mistakes. Choose compassion. Not because it's easy, because it's really hard. But choose compassion because what you show others is what you'll receive when the Lord returns. As James wrote in James chapter 2, verse 13, For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Choose mercy. I want to thank you for listening to another devotion here on Pause to Consider. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll share it with your friends and with your loved ones. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Pause to Consider on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions, I'd love to hear them. You can email me at pause to consider podcast at gmail.com or you can follow me on my Facebook and Instagram pages. But above all else, I hope this is helpful for you. And I pray that God will be with you until we meet again, whether it's on our next devotion or in God's kingdom. God bless. Thank you for listening to Pause to Consider. I'm Levi, and I wanted to be sure you've heard about a few other podcasts in the WCF network. I am actually one of the co-hosts on a show called A Little Faith, where we explore faith breakdowns and buildups with different people who have very powerful stories to tell. That's A Little Faith. Tom and Naomi are exploring how we interact in our ecclesial relationships in From the Platform. It's a very in-depth series that is incredibly helpful for understanding and developing compassion and better listening practices. You can find both of those wherever you get your podcasts or our website, wcfoundation.org slash podcasts. Have a great week.